This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Delivery. so the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to a super special Stacey West podcast. It's going to be full of positivity because sadly there is no Ben. Uh, So instead, I'm joined by a very special guest. Um, so what we'll do, I'll just get him to say hello, good afternoon, without mentioning his name, and we'll see how many of you can guess who he is. Hello, and good afternoon. Uh, that's right, yes, so um, <laughs> you're going to need, uh, arguably the thing we've said in the past, you might need subtitles. I've been joined by Graham Burrell, he's here, live and in person, you may know him as Bob's uh, photographer at the club. Pleasure to have you here, my friend. It's a pleasure to be here at last, Gary, I mean, we've planned this maybe for quite a while, and it's because of certain situations with pandemics and what have you, it's not been able to happen, has it? So No, it hasn't. So luckily, the rules are relaxing. Uh, for those who are worried, we are sat kind of outside. We're not inside. Um, we've got a door open, let's say. So socially distanced. Uh, we'll be passing nothing on to each other at all. Um, so it's a super special one. We, we're here really to talk about um, Bubs's career as a photographer and that sort of thing. But we wouldn't be doing our job as a Stacey West podcast if we didn't talk about yesterday's game um so what was it like to actually be there well disappointing at the end of it like but if you told me beforehand we'd get a point i would have sort of been quite happy with that because we needed that to make sure we're in the playoffs but to be three nil up and dominate the game for two thirds of it well i say dominate actually be in charge we were the better side um and that penalty at the end even from the other end, I thought, was that really a penalty? You know what I mean? <laughs> it was quite funny to hear the Peterborough fans outside make look quite a bit of noise at the start, but then they went quiet. It was just before half-time for some reason. <laughs> then they piped up again when they scored, but I can understand them gathering outside, but there must have been four figures. It must have been at least a thousand. And when I left, I left the ground, there were still people walking up towards the ground from pubs and etc with Peter scarves and all that sort don't blame them for celebrating like and no. promotions I mean the thing is it's you know they've been promoted to the championship over 46 games they will probably deserve yeah, it as well yeah. but I mean it was a stinger of a penalty wasn't yeah. it 
I mean, you had Holland Peterborough's favourites, didn't you, at the start of the season? Well, I, don't, I don't like to talk about how accurate <laughs> I am on my predictions, but it is nice of you to mention it. Uh, yeah, I did. Although I didn't have Bristol Rovers getting relegated, Ben did. Yeah, so, yeah, right, yeah, yeah, there you go. But well, he's not here to talk about the Avengers. Because <laughs> you... I was going to. <laughs> You've got some special stuff or what planned for it. Yes, I had Ben, and you're not here. <laughs> Um, so I mean, yeah, I mean, you said we were excellent yesterday for the sort of sixty-five minutes. Yeah. Um, what do you think? What do you think the reason was? Do you think there was there was any particular players that stood out? Ooh, well, George obviously, um, Bridcut. I thought uh, Bramall was great down the wing. He cut in loads of times, getting crosses in. Um, Scully was Scully, um, and I you mentioned in the. Uh, blog about how we got away from all the defenders for that goal, that first goal, and he's like that. Like you said, he's like that. I think he's a good player. He's frustrating. He player, shoots from anywhere, he? but he's <laughs> a good player. <laughs> yeah, but Simon Yeo used to shoot. Yeah, from yeah. But I, th- I think Scully's frustrating though, isn't he? Because if he could do what he did yesterday for ninety minutes, week in week out, you're looking at a player that'd be worth a million quid. Yeah. Well, he's only young, isn't he? So yeah, he is. Yeah, well, a voice of reason on the podcast. Yes. <laughs> we um, well, hopefully, score a brace in the playoff final against Portsmouth. <laughs> he says holding his fingers together. For those listening at home, Bob's has just screwed his face up because that's that's the sort of infamous prediction that, that comes back. I mean, you've been now obviously two weeks in a row where teams have celebrated on the pitch as yes. well. Um, I mean, I know you were pretty much out of the ground quickly against Peterborough last week. But what was that like? Do you think that'll spurn the players on a little bit? I hope it does, especially after yesterday, because they did look, not dejected maybe, but they did look like we had the chance to take it up next week and all that, you know what I mean? But it was still going to be a hard task. Even if we'd won 4-0, um, it was still going to be a hard ask to, to actually get the automatic. But if the chance is still there. But, like you said in the blog, Michael's now got two games to try and give some players a bit more time to get match fit and all that. Are we the informed team going into the playoffs? I'd like to think so. You know, we're in the playoffs, and I think a lot of people, like I said earlier, I'd be happy if you told me start of the season you're going to be in the top ten. I'd be happy with that. It's progress. Um, but actually being in the playoffs um, is really good. I mean, it's really huge. Good. For our squad, when you consider the clubs that are in there, the money that like, some have got, things like that, it's... I think it's when you consider the teams that aren't in there. Mm. When you look at the Ipswiches and teams like that, and I mean, Doncaster have been in and around it for a couple of years mm. as well. And you just mentioned there about in-form. I mean, form, sometimes people look at results, and OK, we've got a loss and a, and a draw in either side of a, of a win, so one win in three. But it's the way we're playing, isn't it? And yes. I think, you know, I think we, you know, all being, things being equal, we win yesterday 3-2. Yeah. Because it wasn't a penalty, um, and the whole game. Or four one. If or four one. Now, oh. <laughs> I mean, you must have been right behind that chance. Yes, as well. I, mean, I was looking at through my camera and I'm thinking, right, he's going to score. Yeah, he's going to score, and then nothing. Oh no! I hope that doesn't bite us. But it did. But at the end of the day, if we won four one, like I say, it was still an outside, a really outside chance to to get the automatic. So, like you say, it's a game, it, it's a you gain promotion for the 46 games, not just a couple of games. If we, I think it's people are a bit disappointed because we, for so long we were in the top two, uh, which is why I wanted them to end the season in January on PPG. 
because <laughs> we'd now be talking about playing in the championship next season. Yeah, we would. We would indeed. From a t- photographer's point of view, that moment with Tom as well, that must be the sort of thing that you, you kind of you hope for because there's so many goals that come from nowhere, it must be hard to capture when you think you've got a few seconds warning for what looks like an impending goal. Yeah, so what we've got to bear in mind is I'm looking with one eye through a camera, so I don't see the whole picture. I'm just seeing Tom. But I know where he is, and I know the keepers. I'm thinking, right, he's going to score. So I'm thinking, right, I've got a picture of the goal, the fourth goal, and he doesn't score. It's, oh. it's just a bit disappointing. But yeah, I mean, you've seen the picture of Scully's beautiful goal yesterday. That picture frame I sent you is the only one I've got of it. I normally like to have it just after they kick the ball, but the two defenders that you see, or a defender and one of our players, just run in front of him. So that frame, after that, I haven't got anything until he's running away celebrating. So it's just luck. If I'd been two yards to my right, I might have got a slightly better picture. But that's just luck. I think you had quite a bit of luck over there yesterday, if, if that's all it is. Because, I mean, you got a great shot of the foul on Morgan Rogers, And there's no doubt whatsoever. Oh, that was a foul. That happened yeah. right in front of me. That was definitely a foul. Uh, and you could tell the defender, who was it? Thompson, Nathan yeah. Thompson. Because he, he didn't get the decision. Uh few yards away he just went in and ball and, and you think that was a daft thing to do mate because when you if you stop us from scoring you got promoted yeah and to give a penalty away when you're 1-0 down uh, that was a bit of a daft move mate same player that gave a penalty away mm. since bank as well wasn't it and was sent off so he will have uh, been happy to see the back of us. And to be fair, you even got decent shots of the, uh, we'll call it a penalty because that's what John Busby gave, uh, but you were at the other end of the pitch. I mean, that was, you know, I think Ben's keen on the podcast later in the week to swear about it. I'm going to try and gloss over it now to forget about it. But I mean, what are your feelings when you see that, that penalty given? My first thought was, the text you sent me, this is going to end up a draw. <laughs> Don't tell people that. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, do you know what? Because at the time when, I, when you sent me the text, I went, do you know what? I think, you, I think you're right. I think it's going to end up a draw. Something's going to happen and they're going to get an equaliser. But you, uh, I know it's hard from the other end. And I'm at pitch level, so you, you haven't got any sort of elevation view of it. But it looked a bit... 50-50 at best, you know what I mean? I, thought, I don't think it was a penalty. And I, he took the decision absolutely straight away. I mean, I don't even think the players had hit the deck before he blew the whistle. He just take five seconds, ten seconds, just have a think about it. But I suppose from Peterborough point of view, it made the end of the game very exciting for them. Yeah, great. Um, but I say, even if they'd, even if they'd lost 3-2, they only needed the draw next week. Uh, but they only needed to draw yesterday though didn't they <laughs> but then again uh, like you say over the whole 46 game season out of the teams I've seen Hull and Peterborough have been the best ones yeah. I mean, they yeah. tore us apart first 10 minutes at our place. Yeah. And you could see the way they were attacking yesterday. The likes of Smodich, the likes of Johnson Clark Harris. The change they made as well. They brought in the boy Ethan Hamilton, yeah. there's a Bolton. And the, you know, the, the strength and depth that they have. Mo Issa barely getting a kick and there's a £1.5 million striker. And, and you know, we're bringing on, with no disrespect, a kid from West Brom who's currently playing at the highest level that he's played at. And, you know, there's no disrespect to Callum Morton. But for us to still be competing on 44 games yeah. with a team like that, it's testament to the job Michael's done, isn't it? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, he's he's got a. We are we have to appreciate massively what Michael's done with that squad this season. Um, he just hoped that if we don't go up, 
that we can strengthen the squad a bit next season because if we do we will be in a very similar position if not that little bit slightly better where would you add do you think to the squad I mean obviously bar we'll need a keeper for instance somewhat a cover bread cut because I think at his age he's a great player but with injuries and we know how I'm not saying poor when we miss him we miss him so if we've got someone to back up Red Cup when he can't play. Um, do we need a, a taller, bigger striker? I mean, Callum Morton's tall, but he's not hes not a big, strong lad. You know what I mean? Because sometimes you see some strikers, oh, Christ, he's a big lad. <laughs> but um, defence-wise, I don't think we really need to do defence-wise, but to keep those players on their toes, I suppose... As I say, competition for places. Be nice to get Ioma back next season. Yeah, it would. He's yeah. the one. I mean, I don't think there's, there's no chance we get Brandon Johnson. Mm-hmm. I think if we go up, we get Morgan Rogers. I, I don't know about West Brom. I think they're coming down, but I think we struggle to get Alex Palmer no matter what. Callum Morton, I think, needs to be playing in a team that plays a different style. Like you just said, he's yeah. not the biggest. He's not the strongest. Tom Hopper is, yeah. but we need an alternative to Tom Hopper. What we need to do is find somebody like the boy Ayunga at um, Bristol Rovers the other day. You know, kind of big, powerful, quite direct. Um, but I think Ioma is the one lone player that it would be great if we could keep because yeah. he was phenomenal yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, we'll have to just wait and see what happens in the summer, won't we? So because we're gonna have to, there's a the squad's gonna be fairly different next season. Yeah, but the core are gonna stay together. I think yeah. that's the key as well. Hopefully, if with this investment, we can strengthen the score for next season and I think the club are probably think that way because the, the plan was to improve this season yeah. and push for it next season uh, luckily the way Michael's had things working it's we've done better than expected I think I, I think a lot of fans would think yeah we are doing better than we would have expected and it's just a bit disappointing because we were in the top two for quite a long time around about Christmas and that, that it, it feels like a disappointment but not really if we win the playoffs finally everyone will just be happy with that you know what I mean? <laughs> if, if you know what I mean it's like I, I wouldn't expect what I mean is I wouldn't expect to hear anybody whinging about the fact that we were in the top two and we didn't get automatic if, we get, if you get promoted you get promoted yeah and if we in the money <laughs> you get from that, mm. TV money might help to strengthen the squad. Well, there is an argument that it's better to go up through the playoff final than there is yeah. to finish second in the division. But you can't say that before the playoff finals were played. Yeah, With hindsight, you can look back and go, that was a better way to go up. But you know, any sensible podcaster is not going to say, well, we, yeah. we wanted to do it this way because we might get... Beat. If you could pick, you'd pick top two. But yeah. you I'll take playoffs. Yeah. 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 Um, so, I mean, just touching on the playoffs before we move on to you, I think, um, who would you fancy in the semi-finals? I mean, it's looking, isn't it, like Blackpool, Portsmouth and Sunderland, potentially? Yeah. As you know, I'm a bit of a <laughs> worry about certain things, the way they'll happen, and I'm concerned about losing to Portsmouth. So I think I would, if we have to play Portsmouth, I would have had them in the semi-final because you've got 180 minutes to beat them then rather than in the final, you know what I mean? And they've never won a playoff game. Yeah. Um, I can just see us... I can see us playing Sunderland in the final. Be a big final. Yeah. And they've got no central defence. Will be for them. 
Yeah, <laughs> yeah, big Joe Fed. But again, I don't think. I mean, we talked about it a minute ago in terms of form. I don't think there's anybody that we should be afraid of because no. when you look at you know, Sunderland, have got no real fit central defenders. Portsmouth are up and down. You know, they've never won in a playoff final, uh, playoff game. I think if you look at Danny Cowley, he's now lost two sets of playoffs as a manager, once with Lincoln, once with Braintree. Um, not sure if he lost any with Concord or not. I can't recall if he did. Don't know. Um, you know, okay, I know we've got six behind us as well. So the obvious story is Portsmouth. Personally, I'd rather have Sunderland, I think, over two legs because I think over two legs we're more likely to be able to expose the fact they don't have the defenders. And I think in a one-off game on the great big picture Wembley, I really don't care if everyone's Yeah, there. that's the thing, because part of the reason is we're probably going to have some fans back. Yeah. And if Sunderland have got fans in, I think it's, it's a percentage of your capacity, isn't it? Oh, is it? I think. Uh, if that is the case, they could have quite a few fans in. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, I think we're talking about 2,000 if we can get them in. So if they've got a 40,000-seater stadium, you might be talking 8,000. Yeah, because it's 10-10 so ten, ten altogether, isn't it? Uh, That'd be unfair. Let's just split it 50-50. But in the final, yeah. it's going to be... It's on the day, isn't it? It's on the day. It's yeah, a one-off game. Uh, I mean, to be honest... Shrewsbury were the favourites when we beat them in the Czech trade, but it's a one-off game. Yeah, we scored in the 16th minute, wasn't it? And then we we hung on. Yeah, um, it's a different link in this as well. Like I said, yeah, I think yeah. that big pitch, and I I think that suits our players. If I mean, we're talking here as if we're in the final, and there's a, you know the semi-finals oh, yeah, yeah. are tough. But I think if you take actually our two two performances against any team across the whole season. We haven't actually been bad. You look at Sunderland, mm. okay, we lost 4-0 at our place and we only drew at their place. So I know aggregate score, they would do, they'd bounce. But actually we played really well at their place and probably deserved to take all three points as we did in the semi-final. That 4-0 though, if Brennan had taken his two chances, we would have been two up before and yeah. I think it was a completely different game. Yeah. Uh, but that's the way football is, isn't it? You don't take your chances, you lose matches. Exactly. But yesterday, I think our defence, if we've got a fit defence... And that's what I mean about these couple of games. They're dead rubbers, really. Because we don't care whether we finish third or sixth in the players. Um, a chance to get people like Walsh back fit defence. You know what I mean? Um, and even yesterday, really, their first goal was a good goal. But a heavily deflected free kick. And from our point of view, a dubious penalty. Oh, absolutely. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So... Uh, I think if we get to the final, no matter who it is, we have a very, very good chance. A very good chance. Um, but you've got to beat, no matter who you, but you've got to beat them. Yeah, you've got, you got to beat yeah, everybody. You've got to beat them, so. yeah. And uh, just a quick word before we move on to you on Cohen Bramwell, because you noticed something quite interesting <laughs> about him yesterday, didn't you? He smells very nice. <laughs> he ran, when he ran, I was about a yard and a half behind the Hordens and the, the Terracing, and uh, I think he just ran in Cross the ball and then he, his momentum take him into the stand and I got a, a strong waft of a, a very nice smelling cologne and I thought hang on you've been running around 15 minutes and you still smell nice <laughs> I thought I'll get some of that <laughs> so Cohen if you're listening can you let us know what it is yeah let us know what it is mate and if it's, if, it's, if it's 50 quid a bottle I'll get some if it's 200 nah yeah. I'll, I'll just rub up against you when I can <laughs> So, so listeners, if if you see over the playoff semi-final, uh, Bob's rubbing himself up <laughs> against Cohen Bramall, uh, you'll know why. Um, well, that sounds we... a bit uh, <laughs> <didn't> myself up. <laughs> 
So, look, I mean, we've gone downhill very quickly. Yeah, we have, yeah. It doesn't take a long while on the Stacey West podcast. It's infectious, I'm afraid. Look, I mean, obviously, we've been planning this conversation for a while. We've been planning yeah. to get you on for a while. Not to talk about um, the game, although we've managed to drag that out for nearly 20 minutes, which is great news. Um, but we want to really want to talk about you because you've been a, a staple at Lincoln Games for over two decades now. Um, obviously, delighting um, supporters with your pictures. I know you provide them to a number so. of outlets. Um, just, you know... Interested to talk about that. So, first of all, how did you get started as a fan of Lincoln City? Well, when I moved down to the Midlands in the mid nineties, when I got married, um, my wife, ex-wife, was originally from the Nottingham area and Newark. Um, as you know, ice hockey is my favourite sport, and I used to watch Whitley Horrors. I was never brought up as a Newcastle or a Sunderland fan, although I did go to see Sunderland. I actually saw them play Man United in nineteen sixty nine. I was in the Roker end when it was uncovered and uh, George Best was playing and Bobby Charlton, Alex Stepney, all them. You know, they just won the European Cup. The European Cup Surely can't, I can't believe that you saw that in the flesh, you know, not that old. Yeah, thing. I remember it in black and white because it was on Shoot, which was the local football programme on a Sunday afternoon. I remember it in black and white for some reason. <laughs> but having said that, I do remember Manny that he played in all blue, like they did in the European Cup final. <laughs> oh, there's Charlie. We've been waiting for him to bark off for a while now. So, yeah, um like I say, I was never brought up as a Newcastle Sunderland fan, although I lived in Newcastle for 11 years before I moved to the Midlands. Um, so when I came down here, uh, we actually had a, a rented house in Sutton-on-Trent. And um, at weekends we would um, toddle around towns and stuff to um, have a look at where we might want to buy a house to live. And I remember driving past the ground in Lincoln, and I thought, do you know what, I might go and watch them. Because my wife's family are all Forest fans, so I could have got started going watching Norris uh, Forest play, and I'd actually toyed with the idea, although it never happened because he can't do this. Is going to watch the Nottingham Panthers play just as an ice hockey fix, but that never happened. Um, and I thought, oh, I actually started going to watch Lincoln because I thought I'll be able to get parked and I shouldn't have any trouble getting tickets. <laughs> because I can't imagine that many people go and they didn't at the time so I actually nearly went I remember this because I thought I wish I'd gone now it was the last game of the 95-96 season when Lincoln beat Torquay 5-0 yeah, yeah and I nearly went that, and after I thought oh I should have gone to that 5-0 that would have been interesting but actually my first game was actually the start of the next season when Newcastle came down and that is the one and only time I've ever seen Newcastle play. Um, I've never, I've, for, although I lived in Newcastle for 11 years, I never went. I used to actually used to go out for a couple of pints with lads from work who would then go to the match and I'd go. Um, so I started going to games. Uh, I used to sit up near, at the back of block seven actually. Because um, it's a sort of similar position that I used to sit at the Whitley games at, at um so you could, in the first and third period, you were in sort of line with the goals that they would be attacking to at, at Hillheads. Um, um, and then, because of the fledgling Lincoln list, this was before social media, before websites and all that sort of thing, um, I actually got to communicate with a few people. Um, and I ended up playing for the net, damn netbusters. So it was at that time when I first met people like Marcus Needham, Colin Green, uh, 
Steve Day, Kev Carlisle, um, Keith Johnson, Adam Wellens, Al Grant, Rob Hewardine, uh, JV, people like that. Um, so then I started meeting people at the games rather than just going on my own and parking easily and getting a ticket easily and then just getting out the ground fairly easily and driving home easily. Um, and I started going to away games and my first away game was um, Ainsworth's last one at Rotherham. That was the first away game I went to. But at the time, um, around about in the late 90s, um, I was asked by, because I was taking pictures for the net buses, and I was actually taking pictures for uh, the com, which was not an official site then, uh, of pubs, local pubs and things like that, so that they put away fans guides, that sort of thing. And I was asked by JV uh, and John Reams if I'd like to be a club photographer, but I thought I can't, I, I couldn't commit, because I work my job, I usually work abroad and stuff, and I just couldn't commit to enough games, I thought I'll just be letting you down too much. But I enjoyed the idea because I've, I've been in photography for quite a while and I used to I enjoy doing sports photography. Uh, I used to do a few rugby games and football games and, and horse racing actually. I used to know a lad who did work for the company that did the uh, finishes. And uh, we used to go to Hexham and A for the Scottish Grand National. But because they knew other photographers, they used to let me come with them to the last fence and things like that. Anyway, it's something I thought I'd like to do, but I just couldn't commit. Um, and I now realise after you had done that article about the guy who gave up then, the club photographer yes, who gave yeah, up the then. 90s, yeah. um, and that must be why they were asking me. Uh, so come 2000, I thought, you know, I want to do it. So I spoke to Nigel Dennis and said, look, I'll, I'll, I'd like to do it. But at that time for the 2000-2001 season, it was too late to get me registered with the league. So I, I did home games. They let me do home games because it was up the club then. And then after that, they, they um, registered me with as a club photographer, and I've been doing it since then. So just to clarify, obviously, some um, younger listeners might not know who Nigel Dennis was. Ah, oh, Nigel was a oh, top bloke. He was the stadium manager. Um, a really good bloke, and it's a shame that he died four, five, six, seven years ago now. Yeah. Everyone knew knew him. We'll always have a good word for him. He actually went on to be the stadium manager at the bowling ground. Oh, uh, West Ham, yeah. yeah. Um, he was a really nice bloke, good cricketer as well. He liked his cricket, um, and he was instrumental in um, letting me take pictures. But also, uh, the damn net busters. We played on the on in on the pitch on the ground against the Lincoln City staff one season <laughs> at the end of the season. Which was a bit of an honour, but yeah, he was a really nice bloke. And Shame he's not around now, to be honest. Shall we just also, I think it's fair to touch on JV because history will paint him in one light. Yeah. Um, but before that, you know, obviously, probably key figure for you and I. At the yes, club. he was. He was a massive Lincoln fan. He had been since his dad was a big Lincoln fan, and his dad passed away maybe 10, 12 years ago now, maybe a bit more. Um, but unfortunately. Um, he was, like, at the time when I became a photographer, he was running like the unofficial sites, which was sort of like best way to do it, like a fanzine sort of thing. Which is why I've always done it with that sort of attitude. Uh, I I don't do it for money. 
Uh, I just do it for the love of it if you want. I'm a fan of the camera, basically. Unfortunately, he got himself into some gambling debts and went down that road. And now a lot of people, and I know a few people who were really scathing about him, like he's taking money out of the club and all that sort of stuff, but... Um, all I'd say about JV, I know again, you know, it, it's very easy to read the newspaper reports, it's very easy to formulate an opinion, um, but if you did know the man, it makes what happens seem a little bit more unusual and you kind of get a feel for the road that he must have gone down and whilst that's not you know it's not excusable we're not trying to make excuses it is important to remember and um, for 20 30 years he did hugely positive things yeah. for the football club and the community as well and so i think it's important i just wanted because we mentioned jb yeah. earlier i just thought it was important i mean to we, get we knew him quite well and i don't know if you've managed to get a, in touch with him since but yeah uh, we've been trying to, to get him to go out for a drink just I have a chat with him and that, like, but I haven't managed it yet. Like, uh, I don't know if you have, but I know we, we've tried. But he, he seems to have just distanced himself away, which is fair yeah. enough. You I know think what I mean? last time I messaged him, I asked him just how he was. I wasn't trying to get sort of to go see him or anything. He just said, I'm just getting on with my life away mm -hmm. from the football club. So, you know, respect that and, and leave him be. So, moving on, on to your career then. Um, I mean, I want to talk about your career. It's, it's obviously longer than most players, most managers in terms of the photography. And um, I, I wonder what your favourite, uh, sort of your favourite photos are that you've taken. There must be some that stand out in your mind. Yeah, yeah, there's a few. Uh, year was scoring in the uh, second leg of the semi-final at Scunthorpe in 2003. That was particularly enjoyable because at the time I was unemployed because of the, um, the company I was working at. It's the, I'd been there two and a half years and I hated it. Um, they wanted me to go back to Italy to uh, finish off a job that I thought was pathetic. It was a waste of time. And I just said, no, I ain't going, because I want to go to Scunthorpe on the Tuesday night. <laughs> and because I had, because I'd, I'd left, I didn't have a car, because I have a company car. So and you left uh, the job because yeah, you couldn't go yeah. to Scunthorpe on the Tuesday night? I, I, I hated them, I hated them. And I, and, I, and I was, I'd actually had an interview, and I'd been told verbally that I've got the job that I have now, the company I work for now, I've been like 19 years, something, a great company I work for, I like it. Um, I can't remember his name, but he was a photographer at the Echo, and he took me there in his car um, because he knew I couldn't get to that match. And uh, I got that picture a year ago, and it was for that season when we were supposed to be nailed on to get relegated to end up in the playoff final, which we won't talk about too much. Um, but uh, that was one of the early ones. Um, I like my picture at White House scoring at Wembley. Not the one I've got on my wall. No, not Those the one who watch my life. Another one. Um, <laughs> and I, and I, my claim to fame is I was the closest Lincoln City fan to Elliot Whitehouse when he scored that goal. It's a good claim to fame. I like it. Yeah, I just don't like that. Yeah, I was the closest. <laughs> I like it because I always thought to myself, during the time I'm a photographer at Lincoln, I'd like to take pictures at Sunderland, at Newcastle, and at Wembley. I haven't done the Newcastle one yet, and it's not going to happen next season because they're staying up now, aren't they? But I've done Sunderland a couple of times now, <laughs> and we've obviously done Wembley, and hopefully we'll be back there in a few weeks. Um, there's one of Keith Alexander that I like a lot, and if 
the the big red flag that's got the picture of him in the middle that's the one i've talked about the alexander the great yeah. flag yeah that's the yeah. one the red flag with alexander the great uh i think it was rick character who used that to, on that flag i think if i remember back but it was used in the program for a while for the manager's notes and i've actually got one signed and it's framed on my wall in this in on the stairs which gary one day is going to come and have a look at <laughs> a little that, bit, the, the, all the pictures I've got on the wall. I might take one away with me as well at one point. <laughs> I <laughs> like, I'll tell you what I do like as well. Uh, the Arnold goal at Gateshead. I love that picture. Yeah, I It's just I, it, funny the, the, what that goal meant as well. It meant that, I mean, if he hadn't scored it, it would have been the following week, would have been, right, we can all play Matlesfield, we can win, and then wait for results, and we might be champions. But when scoring that, it was, right, if we win, we're champions, and we're going up. And of course, we did. Oh, Richard Butcher, he was one of my favourite players. I like the pictures I've got of him. And there's the one that's on the book his mum wrote on the cover with yeah. him with Robbie Savage at Birmingham. I like that picture. Yeah, I remember that. There's probably a few more, but a, uh, a lot of time, unless you're actually framing pictures and putting them on the wall, they're either going to end up in books and sit on a bookshelf unless you pick them up really, or in a newspaper and it's tomorrow's chip paper as they say do you know what I mean chip wrapping paper I used to, I've got a few of them I did like when I used to would be allowed to go on the pitch at the end of games particularly when we'd won and I'd get players and managers and things smiling and stuff like that there's one I've got of Peter Jackson that I quite like that I gave him a framed copy of it and he said oh I like that I'm going to put it on the wall in the office and I thought yeah right and there was one day after a game, an evening game, I was Grant Brown. Now Grant Brown, because um, he's got the same initials, I've got loads of his gear, shorts, shirts, jackets, <laughs> coats, and everything that he gave me, and uh, I'm quite proud of him because <laughs> it looks like it's GB. Um, he said to me, "I've got a coat for you," so I was hanging around outside the office, waiting for him to come out with it because I think he said, "I'll come and I'll come out and give you." So I'm stood outside. And actually, Jack was stuck his head out the door. He says, oh, what are you waiting for? I says, oh, I'm waiting for um, Grant. He's got a coat. And he says, oh, come in, come inside. So he took me in his office. And uh, I'm stood there. He gave me a beer out of the fridge. And the opposite, I can't remember. The opposite manager was there. And they were chatting away. And, I'm, and, I, and he says, uh, and I says to him, when there was a pause, I went, I thought you were going to stick a picture on the wall. And he says, I have. And I said, I can't see. He says, look behind me. And it was on the wall behind me. And I, was, <laughs> I thought, all right, okay, you have. <laughs> that was a good one. Actually, there's another little story I've got with Jacko. I like Jacko. I know you, uh, but Ben likes him as well. Like, so we could have ganged. If Ben had turned up today, um, <laughs> there was a game after me, my son was about eight or nine, maybe. And uh, what I used to do was, I used to think, right, if I've got time to run to the car to get in to listen to the interviews on the radio, I'd do that. But this game, I, I was hanging around, and Elliot was there. And he wanted to get back to his car because his PSP was in there and he wanted to play on it. And I think, right, oh, so, right, now I've got time to get back to the car. And at that moment, Peter Jackson walked out. And I turned out, sorry, mate, we'll listen to this because I can't get back to the car in time. So he had to stand there with a bit of a gloomy face because he couldn't get to his game to play. And at the end of it, uh, he's in Peter Jackson's interview, uh, he looked at me and said, is this your lad? I said, yeah, yeah. He says, right. He says, right. And he grabbed him. And he says, great, right, come here. He says, um, have you enjoyed the game? He's asking questions. And he said to one of the apprentices, 
at the club and said, go and get a, a football. And he come back with an, a deflated practice ball. And uh, he says, oh, go and get it blown up. So he blew it up and he gave it to Elliot. And I thought, oh, that's cool and all that. And I think, you look you bugger. If I'd taken it to the car, you wouldn't have got that. <laughs> and I thought to myself, the following week, I thought, do you know what? I'm going to take it back and get Jack to sign it. And uh, again, when I said, can you sign this for Elliot? And I said, right, because it, yeah. And he got it signed by all the players and everything. So I, I've got that now. <laughs> <laughs> I've got that ball. <laughs> so uh, if I'd gone, Elliot wouldn't have got that little bit of football. But he took me in his office and that. And I, I liked Jack, where I thought he was a, maybe a bit unlucky, whether he's football manager material we'll never know really because he, he didn't he hasn't done it since then I mean you talk there about Peter Jackson I mean, you, you've obviously taken photographs for a lot of managers um, it's hard not to talk about 2016-17 as well isn't it and, and Danny Cowley oh, and Nicky yeah. Cowley yeah I mean that, that was it. actually at that time that first season it was a time when I was thinking I need to renew some equipment and I thought to myself I can't really justify spending the money on it but I loved doing it so much so that's when I went and bought the camera uh, and it was about the time I started doing pictures regularly for you for the podcast and uh, sorry, the, the blog and that but yeah Danny and Nicky they turned the club around didn't they not just them obviously I mean Chris Moyes and he studied the ship and all that and then gave the county something good to do that first Friday night again Elliot he said look he saw really like um, that Friday night, I thought, when they said, oh, we're going to introduce the new managers, and you know what, to be honest, I hadn't a clue who they were. I don't, Danny Nicky Cowley, who the hell are you? Did not know who they were. Uh, which manifested itself a bit when, a few years ago, you asked for it, if I had any pictures from that game when Braintree played us at the bank. Yes. And I had one picture with Danny Cowley on it. Yeah. By accident. And I thought, yeah. Um, Sam, I think it's Sam Habergan's in the picture. Yeah, I think so. And yeah, and I'm like, oh, anyway. um, but that Friday night, I thought, no, come on, Elliot, we're going. I want to, I want to see what's happening here. And um, we stood there near the back wall, and Bob Dorian came in and introduced them. And uh, everyone's clapped all along there, doing what he does. And um, I was stood next to Case KC, stood next to him, and I said, I've got a question. And he says, oh, you should ask him. He said, I'm not asking him, I'm not asking him. I'm not and um, Alan Long says, right, we've got any questions? And some guy piped up and he gave him a question. And <laughs> any others? And Casey said, Bob's just got a question, but oh, God. <laughs> and uh, he says, all right, oh, I'll come on, I'll give you the mic. And I thought, right, okay, I'll ask it. And it was, uh, welcome to the club, gents. Um, after your recent playoff defeat, because we just lost to Grimsby in the, with Braintree, I said, um, after your recent playoff defeat, um, do you hate Grimsby? And uh, the place <laughs> erupted a bit, like a bit of laughter, and they laughed and all that. And he gave a very diplomatic answer. Uh, and I've cursed Casey since that day for making me embarrassed. But that evening, Elliot met them, and Danny was asking who his favourite players were, which was same as mine, Alan Power. He gave me, they gave me some shirts and that. And of course, I'm far too fat to wear them. So, Elliot runs around with a, a Danny Cowley shirt and a Nicky Cowley shirt now and again. Uh, so, he's very lucky. I got a couple of them signed, but he signed one for me after the playoff defeat at Exeter. 
Uh, I'll not see what he put on it because I think it's a bit grandiose, but he signed it for me. I've got what, did he, what did he put on it? Go on, what did he put on it? He said, to the best photographer in the world. <laughs> I, I slightly disagree with him there, but <laughs> there was a time they had a barbecue at the club for all the players and staff and that. And I went along to take some, a couple of photographs. But the, big, the first big bus tour was the National League because um, Lee Angle was at the front and um, Bradley, Wal Bradley Walsh. Bradley Wood was yeah. on it. Bradley Walsh anyway, was Anyway, I think it was that one. And they, they had all the sort of official pictures and all the people, and I took a couple of them. And then Nicky Cowley says, Oh, can you take a picture of us? And he got his family round. So I ended up taking pictures of his family, Danny's Cowley, all of them together with the mum and dad and all that. And I felt quite, oh, yeah, he's, he's come to me to take pictures. You know, I was quite happy with that. Because I'd got the train. I don't think, I, I hadn't driven into Lincoln. I'd got the train. Because it was a Sunday. Was that the National League one? Possibly. I'm sure it was a Sunday. Possibly. Yeah, uh, I got the train and I thought oh, I'll walk back. And then I said as a joke to him as he was leaving, he'd come outside and they were ready to get on the bus. But um, Chris Ashton's dad was in a car. And Danny went over to, because he couldn't get out, he's, you know, he, so Danny went over to, to say hello to him and all that. And uh, as he was walking, he, he said, oh, I said, I'll see you later, Danny. And he says, um, I said to him, oh, as a joke, I said, oh, you couldn't give me a lift to the, lift to the train station, could you? And he grabbed me, I said, come on, get on the coach, get on the coach. I thought, oh, I better not, because I wasn't initially to be on the coach. And I didn't want to upset anybody at the club. I thought, no, I'll not. So I went down, took a couple of pictures of them as the bus went past. Uh, the Shakespeare and what's the other one further down? Treaty? No, before that. Miller's Golden Eagle? No, J.J. Um, Lincoln him goes there a lot because <laughs> I've got a picture of him outside. Miller Cowles is also very photogenic. Michael's not. But that picture you've got there <laughs> that you got signed up on mine, that was Michael Apple, and that's one of the few times he's not just stood there looking like. Don't talk to me or I'll punch you. That's, uh, that's Michael celebrating the Peterborough goal when we beat them 2-1 and weren't robbed with the last minute penalty. <laughs> I like I like Danny and Nicky though. Oh, and yeah, in those pictures, because he said to me, oh, we've got them framed on the wall. And I went, oh, right, okay. But then I saw on the TV one night, his mum and dad were getting interviewed and behind them was a sideboard with all these pictures framed and I thought, oh, they weren't lying. <laughs> I took them. Um, so yeah, that was a that was another nice memory of my time. Golden Cross. No, oh. it's on the other side of the road. Millers. Nah. Never mind. We'll we'll you know I'll be driving out. Oh, it's that. That's yeah, what it's yeah, called. Yeah. Never mind. Never mind. Um, <laughs> I'll look at the pictures now when I get in here. <laughs> So if you want to win a special prize of nothing at all, just email us all of the names <laughs> of the pubs on the high street. And because uh, this this is obviously coming from me, who's not a particularly hardened drinker, and I'm sure it's, it better not be. The we're drinks. sitting we're sitting in his pub in his garden <laughs> with an empty fridge with an empty fridge, and he's giving me a glass of water. <laughs> yeah, I've offered. I've offered. There's beer in here. Um, so, I, I mean, again, look, from your time then, what sort of players have stood out for you? Who have been your favourite players through your time as a photographer? Peter Gain, Richard Butcher, definitely. Reedy, I know he was, he's not the most talented of footballers, but he, he was a good footballer, do you know what I mean? There were sometimes those little flicks, that one at Forest Green for Waterford to score, things like that. 
Um, George Grant, obviously. I, it, it, you know what, Taylor done. He's grown on me this season. This second half of the season, he's been immense. He's been really good. Alan Power. Uh, one of my one of the things that I've regretted is not seeing him play for us in the league. I just it actually came up as a memory a few years ago uh, after that game at Southport when we that last game of the season when we celebrated and come back up to the league. I did a post because uh, it was we played Southport. That was the first game in non-league and he was playing, and then he was also in that last game. Um, Six years in purgatory, as we all know. Um, he was a good player, and he went through a lot. I mean, he could have left, particularly that season in the January or something when he wasn't getting as many games. But that when he fell out, well, I'm saying he fell out with the crowd. The crowd fell out with him, but he stuck by it and kept playing. And overall, in that lonely time, he was with us for the whole thing. Exactly, they say about Paul Farman. Yeah, he was loaned out to Boston, Nick Townsend, yeah. and he could have just gone, and now he's a football league keeper. And he was a nice bloke as well, Farms was. Yeah, oh yeah, Farms. I was asked, uh, Chris Waddle once mistook me for Farms' dad. Is it the bank? <laughs> I'm not sure what the headline for this podcast is. <laughs> Cohen Bramble smells wonderful. Chris Waddle once mistook me for, for Farms' dad. He just heard my accent. Are you, are you Paul Farman's dad? No. Nah. I'm old enough, but I'm not his dad. <laughs> Well, Grant Brown, uh, uh, he was played when I first in Ainsworth. I did see Ainsworth play, and Phil Stant. I, I liked Phil Stant. He, he was one of the players who just not particularly the greatest skilled striker, but a really nice bloke. We uh, again with the net busters, the damn net busters. We played uh, a game against an, another staff side on the AstroTurf, and he came on for a while, and. He was he was the manager. That was when he was a manager. And Christ, it was difficult to try and keep up with him even then. Um, but yeah, I like Phil Stant a lot. He was I don't think he was management material, but I think at the time we we didn't have a lot of money. No. Um, and I think he played football a certain way, and he had yeah. players that could play it another way. I think that was an issue. I mean, when you look at that side. That some of the players that he had had playing for him, the likes of John Finnegan, I think played for him. Finnegan, yeah, I liked him. Uh, I, you know, just speaking from a photographer's point of view, uh, Cameron, every single picture I've got of him, you can't see his face because he's looking at the ground at the ball. He just <laughs> get the ball at feet and just run. I mean, he just ran. He didn't look. He didn't look up to see where he would pass or anything. He just kept running like. Um, so yeah, I don't think I've got a picture. Of him. Wait and see his face. I thought he Dean was... Keats. Oh yeah, yeah. And Scott Kerr. I liked Scott Kerr a lot. He was a really nice bloke. I, I think I have my my lad Elliot again. Uh, mascot on his seventh birthday, and Scott Kerr was the, the uh, captain then, and he went out with Scott like, and um, he was really nice with Elliot. He was really nice with him. Um, I liked Scott too. Yeah, he's a nice guy. Yeah. And. We've got to talk about it. I think we spoke about it last time you were on the podcast, but it's one of my favourite stories. Um, I know what's going on. Your little indiscretion yeah. at Exeter, because um, you were you were banished, weren't you, for a couple of games? Yeah, um, I suppose it's a funny moment, but it's one of them where, yeah, it was that playoff game, wasn't it? No, it was a league game. It was a league game, but it was near the end of the yeah. season, wasn't it? Uh, and it was 
Oh yeah, it was the season after when we'd lost down there, yeah. wasn't it? And the way their fans came on and, uh, you know, Dick was the kit man at the time, you know, all broke and they came on and they were, you know, they were not pleasant. Uh, came running over to the Lincoln fans just to goad us and all that, which is what football fans do, but it was a bit over the top to be honest. I was down there obviously in the mix of it. Um, so when we had them and we, we, we scored, it was really late, wasn't it? Was it? Was it? Nil, it was awful, one of his nil nil and the yeah. Kindy scuffed one five Kindy, minutes yeah. in injury time. Um, and he went over and he was celebrating in front of the Exeter fans and I was on the other side of the goal. And I actually genuinely thought, do you know what? It might be a good picture to go and get some of the Exeter fans because they're obviously gloomy. So I went over and I'm taking some pictures and I start getting the middle finger and foot off the bastard. Oh, we're not going to do any swearing. Oh, I've got some bad language. <laughs> and I just thought, right, okay, you've lost the game. But as I walked away, I couldn't help but cut my ear. <laughs> and uh, it was spotted on camera. And I have had a little bit of history, I'll say that. And uh, I got banned for two games, which was fair enough. Uh, I went into the club, it was a Friday afternoon, I went in. It was actually the FPA were playing at um, Lincoln United at Ashby Avenue that evening. And uh, I'd gone to the club and said, oh, we're going to ban you for the bus, fine. And, uh, you know, I mean, you know, I did wrong. I'm, I'm, I always like to think I'm someone when I've done something wrong, I'll just hold my hands up and admit it. Yeah, okay, fair enough. I'll behave in future, which I have done. <laughs> um, but I went down and... I walked into the dressing room at Lincoln United and all of like you and all them were there and, and Trevor Swinburne and I said I've just been banned for two games <laughs> and we actually had a little bit of a laugh about it but it was a serious thing like I suppose because from the club point of view do you know what I mean I represent the club really I shouldn't be doing things like that. I haven't done it since but it was actually a home game against Yeovil I think it was a Friday night Yeah. and I uh, ended up up in the with the six one seven, which was an experience. Um, you can't. Uh, it was weird because up there when they're making on it, you can't hear the refs whistle or anything. You just hear them. It's, it's like you can't hear any noise from the game. Uh, and then the next game was Forest bloody green, and I had to give him twenty quid to go and watch Lincoln play, and that. That was the worst part of the punishment, to be honest. We the won that I had to give Vince 80 quid. Uh, 20 quid, sorry. We won though, didn't we? Yeah. Was that a Kennedy yeah. with two? I can't remember because I was too busy feeling sorry for myself. <laughs> <laughs> Stood in the crowd. Not because I was in the crowd, but I was thinking that I felt. It's, I, I don't know how to describe it because I feel part of the game when I'm actually taking the pictures. And to be stood in the crowd, it was like that was what the punishment was. Do you know what I mean? You, you, you've, you've lost your privilege for this game. And that, and that's, yeah. So, yeah. See, good I, punishment. It was a good punishment. See, Thanks, I can, Liam. <laughs> I can identify with all of that. I can identify with the cupping of the ear because when I was poacher, I used to react like that all the time. And I think the reflection there is how much actually the club's changed because probably if you had done that back in 2002, 2003 mm. season, you would everyone would have gone, yeah, you know, up the exit, the kind of thing. Whereas now, I think because the club has had to change and football's mm. evolved, you know, I, I couldn't be the mascot now. Yeah. I, they'd, they'd be banning me within three or four games. Yeah, I mean, I used to down opposition mascots and rub my ass on their nose. In yeah. the front. And, and but it was, you know, at the time it was funny, but you couldn't do that now. 
And then where you say there about being in, in with the fans is a punishment. I mean, you know, people shouldn't take that literally because it's brilliant being in with the fans. But when you've been involved on some level, it's very hard then to kind of go and do something else. So, like you say, when you've when you've been photog- a photographer and you've been at the side, and it's just a different experience. And it was why I found it tough. I think when I first gave up. Yeah, poetry. that's what's gonna. I think about because I can't. I can't afford to do this forever. So there is gonna be a point where I'll have to stop, and that I'm, I'm gonna feel a lot like you. Know, just suddenly. I haven't got that attachment, not attachment, I'd still be at the game, so I'm a fan first, uh, uh, it's just that I'm now distant from it, if you know what I mean. I mean, there's re- that's one, very few games that I haven't, since 2000, that I haven't been a, as a photographer. I think there's those two, there was one at Notts County where they only allowed one photographer to go, I think that was when we had the green and white away strip, we won 3-2, long time ago. Yeah, I can't remember that. It was either. a long time ago. Uh, and the only other one was <laughs> another little bit of a funny story. Um, it was a Tuesday game at Dagenham and Redbridge. Um, I was due to go to work in Telford. So I thought, well, there's no way I'm going to get down to Dagenham for the night's match. So I didn't take my gear with me. Because sometimes if I'm working, I might try and get to a game straight from work which I did for Shrewsbury last week. I was working in Northampton last week, so I went straight from there to Shrewsbury. So I didn't take my gear. But on my way to Telford, my boss ran, says, all oh, that job's off. Go down to help Sooty, one of my colleagues, at uh, a company near Southampton, or Winchester. It was close. And so I went down there and um, helped them with that. And then they said, Right, you might, we've got a job tomorrow, you might as well stay down in the office, which is in High Wickham. So I was actually down there, and I thought, right, I'm still going to the game. <laughs> so I actually drove across to Dagenham, I went to, the, I went to the office and got my press pass, walked through it to side the pitch, and then jumped into the stands and sat in the stands. We lost one nil. <laughs> uh, so that was, and I think that was the first time since that Notts County game that I was in the stands. Was that the Cowley year? Is that when we lost in the beginning at the beginning of the season? It was one nil. We lost one nil. I do remember that. Uh, it was a, it would have it was warm, so it would have probably been the beginning of the season yeah, because so. I can remember I I wasn't wrapped up yeah. to stay. Um, but yeah. So of, the, of all the grounds you've been to, because obviously you've been to hell of a lot. Which are your uh, which is your favourite to take photographs out, and which ones do you least like to take photographs out? Favourite ones, uh, obviously the bank. And that's great. Well, before before COVID, that's because you can sit right next to the pitch, uh, which makes giving you a lot more freedom to move around and get pictures and a better angle for at the goals. It's not so much this season, although it's Stacey West because of the new barrier is just the sort of camera height. We can't sit on the pitch side of that barrier, but at the other end, the crypto cloud stand, we have to sit behind, which shortens the angle. So I, sometimes. After I'm looking through the net rather than at a, at a picture, um, and I did say yesterday because uh, when I went to Peterborough, I saw Joe Dent, the photographer. There. He's a really nice lad, and I was chatting him about this fate of what we were talking about. Are we going to be the opposition to the three teams that get promoted this season if we get to the final and lose? Um, is that I was telling him that 
because I was in the stand, I said the one thing, the only thing I miss about non-league days is the fact that you could always sit with about a yard of the touchline uh, and, it, you know, you got good pictures. Um, the big grounds, I mean, Wembley's a pleasure to take pictures, but you're miles away from the action. And some of the some of the big clubs, like Everton, terrible to take pictures. You're, you're stuck in little areas and there's obviously a lot of photographers and it's just, ah, it's not enjoyable. Uh, the worst ones, Luton, Luton's absolutely terrible. They're sticky in the corners and it's just, ah, sometimes when I've been there, I just, ah, I'm bother, I might just watch the game. It's just terrible angles to take pictures. You've got that, and you're on the opposite side of the uh, double glazing adverts along, all the way along that side. That's that awful bit of ground that is. Well, uh, them windows are, yeah. just looks like they're, Oh, and that's in the background so you only get crowd in it it's just a terrible place half of Portsmouth is one end's alright because you can sit at the pitch but the other end the away end there's a massive pit trench right at the front and even stood up the camera the wall is just at camera height and I'm not very tall so that's why all the other photographers have got boxes and they're standing on boxes to take pictures with the cameraman, a TV camera. I thought, yeah, this is crap. And it's full of water. There's always a, a full of water in it because it's like this trench. Um, the new lawn, because it's the new lawn. Just because it's forest green. Yeah, it's forest green. Yeah. <laughs> um, except when we win 3-2 in injury time. Then it's a good place to be. <laughs> yes. That, uh, that, that is one of the moments if I look back at any any fan not even just as a fan that's one of the moments when it was just that the season turned on that everything from that we we went and won the league and that was brilliant but I think there was one of the well it's funny and embarrassing because it was right in front of the forest green fans uh, when I got soaked by a sprinkler just before kickoff <laughs> absolutely soaked but when I look back, I think that wasn't too bad because it was a red hot day. I think it was early in the season. It was a red hot day, and the evaporating of water off my frame uh, kept me cool. <laughs> it was all right. So by the second half, when we've gotten to sit in the sun, it was I was all right. It was all right. So I, I got wet, and they laughed at me. Um, I think I can't remember the result. Did we draw? If it was Mark Cooper, we beat him. If we beat him every time under Mark Cooper, I can't remember. You see, that's not the last time you got soaked, though, is it? No, it happened the other day at uh, Bristol Rovers. <laughs> I got a text message. <laughs> but luckily, well, I'm saying luckily, there's no fans there. <laughs> but um, it was ridiculous. I thought, oh, why have you got it? Because it, it covered off the stand as well. Just I've, I've obviously got it. They haven't bothered facing it towards the pitch or anything. I was virtually in the stand. And I just got my camera gear out ready and it was lying there and the sprinkler come on, it went straight in my camera bag. Oh. I thought if I hadn't got my gear out, it would just hit the bag. And I thought, oh, that's not too... Of course, I had to dive in and get all my gear, move it out of the way. So I spent 10 minutes drying it all off. But, um, yeah, sprinklers are... They can be a bugger sometimes. You've got to be careful with them. So the second half, I was like, right, I'm watching out for these sprinklers. Sorry. No, this season, it's been strange to say the least yeah that was what i was going to ask i mean from from your point of view what's what's your routine been like when you've got to the bank i mean obviously normally well, you're around the yeah well, and everything in the past before the covid stuff i'd park 
near the ground, I'd go over, I'd go and get signed in, get me free hot dog, which I missed, I really missed the free yeah, hot dog. they're dogs. good hot dogs. They're, they're, they're huge, aren't they? I've had them in the media And they, they taste even better when they're free. <laughs> and they, when they bring loads in the store, I'm another one. I always feel bad, because I always think I'm there, kind of, you know, I, I always let everyone else dig in first. Yeah, but yeah they're good. Um, and then I'd get my camera and I'd go around to uh, see Trevor to take pictures of the former players and that for him. Uh, obviously take some pictures in the fan zone and stuff like that. Come and have a chat with you and Ben and Tang and that when when you know the other people that I see. Uh, then get back into the ground, go and sit, take pictures of fans as well. It's one of the things I like to do. And then half time have a chat with people. Uh, but this now it's I turn up, park at the ground, go and sign in, get the temperature taken, fill the COVID form in pick up my pass, uh, bottle of water if I wanted, no hot dogs, <laughs> not even a bag of crisps. Go in the stand, that will only go in the Stacey West, basically can't go in the library, that's the red zone, to where the players are, you can't go to that side. I can't anyway, that obviously people. Um, so I go and I'll speak to Dave Stewart and um, Stewart sometimes when he's there, uh, have a chat with them, go and sit a bit if I can, I sometimes put my stay live on, watch that for a little bit. Nice uh, plug, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then normally, it's, it, this season's tended to be they don't swap ends because the players are normally coming up from two different and they tend to stay at that side, so you're pretty sure now which way they're going to kick. So we kick to the Stacey West first, so I'll stay there, jump on, take the pictures, half time, go up the other end. Take pictures there, end of the game, walk around, car park, drive home. Um, it's pretty soulless, pretty dead. Don't get to chat that much to people in that way, because obviously everyone's busy. Uh, and those pictures I did of the empty ground and around the ground the other day, uh, the whole game, um, that was the first time I'd seen the fans on this season. Because could, you couldn't, normally, I wouldn't need to go around there. And because where the Coaches line up, it's a red zone, as you can see from one of them pictures. So you can't go around there, you're not allowed to walk around the ground there now. Um, but I'm incredibly lucky that I've been able to go, particularly as the season has been as it is. Do you know what I mean? The, the games I think of where, even early in the season, when we beat Milton Keynes, we all know what it was like when we beat them before, when we went up there, when we won League Two. But to get a late winner like that, I know for a fact it would have been it would have been mad in that end. Blackpool, um, Blackpool yeah, as well. Blackpool and just the games and I think I honestly believe that some of the games we might not have lost them if they'd been the crowd in. I think that's something like home games, Rochdale, yeah. Fleetwood. Yeah. I mean even draws with Swindon, you know, we were we were in, we were better with heartbreaking. But still hell of an achievement I mean it must be weird as well because I mean because you, you obviously messaged me and had the idea of I, I want to capture some quiet areas around the ground do you think it's going to be one of those moments where in 20 30 years time people will look back and think wow what, what was that what, what that must have been well like? it might be because actually Ian Nanstead uh, he's been in touch with me the last few months because they're doing another book mm. and he wanted some photographs as well yeah you can have some for me that's a great honour for me to have pictures in a Nanstead book like, um 
and he wanted some of the empty stands and all that. He said for historical reasons. Mm. And I said, yeah, you're right. So I actually, the pictures are included. Because back in the start of the season, everyone thought, oh, well, the fans will be back by October. Yeah. So I thought, oh, well, I'm, I'm lucky I'm being able to go to the first few games of the season and everybody will be back. Didn't think it would be the whole season. Um, the club have obviously spent money on having arrows and signs to keep people socially distanced. And these stairs are up and these stairs are down, that sort of thing. Complete waste of money, really, because it's never happened, you know. Um, but it's. Uh, I hope it ends this season. Hope <laughs> we don't have another wave in the summer and they decide that we can't have fans at the start of next season. But one thing I'd like to do is when I took those pictures, you know what I thought? You know what? When the fans are back, I'm gonna try and remember where I was when I took this picture and t and do a compare. Yeah, that. You know brilliant. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That, that that's. When it's empty, same same, same points. Yeah. I mean, there's thirty odd pictures, so you'll be busy that day. Mm. Um, but yeah, that'll make a good. There's a lot of cobwebs in the ground as well. Oh, is there really? Yes. So Sam, bring a feather duster with you. Sam Kendall, I'm talking to, because your seat will be covered with cobwebs, and I know how much you love spiders. I thought you talked to Sam a shoe there. I don't, <laughs> I don't think Sam will need to bring <laughs> feather dusters with him. Be... Um, and there's there's a lot of bird shit as well. No, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> well, I mean, obviously the club are going to get everything cleaned up at the, the point. At the minute, there's no point in cleaning them. I mean, obviously it'll be cleaned before we get fans back, right? Which will hopefully be the second leg of the semi-final against Portsmouth when we're three 0 up from the first leg. Which I hope because I miss the second leg because I'm on holiday, so I wouldn't. I won't get to go to that game, which is a real shame. So. Mm. Um, there we go. Uh, you'll be able to get to the final in a minute, don't worry. Yeah, exactly. Well, I, I come back on the Friday, and the final, I think, is scheduled for the Sunday. So, um, yeah, it would be a matter of coming back from... Well, I had a bit of a panic, because when I had my first injection, uh, I booked the second one, thinking it was a, mon a Monday, thinking, oh, I'm going to get the day off from work again. Bank holiday Monday, yeah, and it's the weekend of the playoff finals, and I thought, oh, Crap, is it going if it's the same day? But luckily, the League Two ones on this Sunday, so I'll have me inject second injection the day after. League One, League One. So you see, that's why I was thinking the Monday <laughs> League Two will be on the Monday. Yeah, I, I was delighted because when I saw, it, I thought driving back on the Friday. Mm. If it's dead, I've got to get back from Cornwall. Then the next morning, get up and go to London. It's going to be a real pain. But hopefully, we'll get there. Hopefully, we will. So brilliant. Well, I think that's all of my questions. I don't know if there's anything uh, more you'd like to add or discuss. No, not really. But I, what I will say, I've been thinking about this all season, is when the fans are back, I'm going to spend as much time as I can outside and inside taking pictures of fans. And uh, ideally, I'd like to try and get everybody at least in a stand on a picture. So when you're back, if you see me walking around with a camera, just shout, Bubs, take me picture and I'll take it. Then we'll post them on something, probably yeah. on the Stacey West or something. I mean, aren't you even? Because I've missed you. Right? Oh. It's, it's, it's it really is. It's just like that. It's just quiet. It's just nothing in there. I, I say I'm sure that the, the players have missed you as well because it would make it. Like I say I'm, I'm sure with you in in a noise that would have made it different to some results this season. Definitely made a difference, I think. Well, look at it this way, when we are back next season we'll either be playing Sheffield Wednesday or Derby because one of them is definitely going to be coming down yeah. unless we go up 
Um, in fact, no, we'll be playing one of them because if we go up, we'll probably play one of them, and if we stay down, we will. Yeah. And yeah, I never thought there'd be a day where I'd see Lincoln City going toe to toe with a Derby or a Sheffield Wednesday. I didn't think I'd see it with a Sunderland or an Ipswich. Yeah. So. I mean, think about it as well. If we can't go up this season, we're going to be a division division above Sunderland. Mm. And there'd be more divisions between us and Grimsby than at any other point in our history. Yeah. Oh, I must say, I do feel sorry for. Grimsby fans, we know what it's like when uh, many, many clubs have gone through a period where the administration, shall we say, is not great. And funny enough, people ask me, what's the nice place? And Grimsby's quite a nice place to go to as a photographer. Not as a person. No, as a photographer, because you're quite welcomed. Because the part of the links FA and I, and I think there's a, a, a bit of a at that level of the clubs there's a bit of a bond for want of a better word, but I do like beating them anyway. Did you get that at Boston? No, no Boston. I didn't like Boston. I always felt when I went there as a mascot, I always felt it was hostile. They were, they were deliberately think, hostile. Do you know what? I think it was a dangerous place. I remember once when we played them, and you know how close the. Mm. Fan, it, well, at one end the net goes right up to it. Yeah, and it does, I remember yeah. once, and the dug, the dugouts are in the corner. And I remember once Richard Butcher having he was substituted, and he had to go and get some treatment. And you have to walk behind the goal, obviously. And you're well within arms reach of some yeah. daft bugger who's had five pints and wants to punch you or something. Well, there was the uh, Yeo got injured. Uh, yeah. Gary Silk was the guy that attacked him. It was, and I call it an attack because it was horrendous. It was right in front of us, and he was stretched off. And because they had to walk along the touchline, the gap is no more than three feet yeah. between the touchline and the... You know, it's so small. And they were spitting on him as he walked past. I got spat on that yeah, game. Because I, didn't, um... because I I got out of poacher, was escorted along the front of their fans to the away end, and then I went back out at half-time. So, of course, when they came to get me at half-time and took me back, their fans caught on to who I was. So then when they brought, came back after second, at the beginning of the second half, the big gobs spit on me and all sorts. Oh, yeah, I was, uh, yeah. The Peterborough last season, the fans gobbed on me. Oh no! Is that regular or? No, it's not. It's the first time that's happened for a long, long time. Um, normally you're okay, but I think you get some verbal abuse, like which, yeah. uh, you know what I mean. Because obviously, even if I'm not wearing colours, I'm taking pictures that link and end. And uh, you celebrate uh, colours. So sometimes. <laughs> um, but I think I do remember Hull. At Boothfield Road, wasn't it? Boothfield Park. Boothfield Park. Yeah. Um, that game where it was two thousand and two, wasn't it? When it looked like we could be going in, out of in administration. Yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. It was the last away game, wasn't it? Yeah, and uh, it was a bit odd because they were chucking stuff at me, um, and then at the end of the game, all the fans were clapping, the Lincoln fans and the Lincoln, because you know, it's just a funny thing, isn't it? If you talk to other fans on a personal level, they're perfectly fine. Like we just supported them, yeah. but actually in the terraces, and most of the time it stays just on the terraces. Like yeah. you do get some idiot to take it outside the grounds and that. Like, but. it's funny you should say that about Hull because I went to do a five k, might have been a three k, but it felt like fifty uh, in the poacher suit, and it was around the KC Stadium. And it was yeah. for one of their local charities. 
and there was Hull fans everywhere. And you know, they were brilliant with me. And some of them, there were like big groups of lads and stuff were there. They'd obviously turned out because I think their manager was there, their mascot was there, and they were absolutely superb. And people say an awful lot of stuff about um, about Hull City fans. And I, I remember the when they took over the Barbican in 2003, mm. four, something like that, you know, there were animals when they're beard up and mobbed up. But you know, on, a, on a real level, like you just said there, you feel sorry for Grimsby fans. And I kind of laughed and joked a little bit in the background. I feel sorry for the Grimsby fans that are like me and you, just the down to earth every day. Their dad was a Grimsby fan because I know we know what it's like. And to, you know, if we'd come up from the National League and you had all that magic and then five years later you're dumped back out, mm. it, it must be heartbreaking. I don't feel sorry for Grimsby, the wider entity, because they're our enemy and at the end of the day someone's got to go down. I'd prefer they didn't. I'd prefer they just struggled in the bottom two of League Two every season and just survived. Yeah. Because keep them in their place but you know I mean I do know a few Grimsby fans because one of the companies that my company get to fabricate stuff uh, is actually in Cleethorpes yep. and there's a few Grimsby fans there like and uh, I see you, you feel sorry for them you know what I mean yeah. my former assistant manager I was the manager at Howden's Lough for my assistant manager was Grimsby fan yeah. sacked him because uh, he's cock <laughs> Well, it's not the exact reason I sacked him, but yeah, I can't really talk about that. Um, if you were given a choice between Scunthorpe or Grimsby to be relegated, which one would you have picked? Because I would have picked Scunthorpe all day long. Because they have delusions of grandeur. Yeah. I would probably agree with you, because... If the, wel the welcome of Grimsby is better than it is at Scunthorpe on the club. I mean, some clubs are brilliant. Uh, I remember the first time I went down to Bournemouth. They were fantastic. You know, very helpful, very, you know, oh, you go this way, guide that way. Mm. Some clubs you turn up and you say, right, which, where do I go? Oh, I think it's a gate down there. Yeah. That sort of thing. Like, oh, yeah, some of them, I'll, I'll show you, I'll take you and show you. Um, I always found Burton a nice club for a, to visit. Just find it nice, yeah. with nice people in yeah. the town, outside the town. Russian and Diamonds was nice. The first time we played there, that, they were, again, they were, they were all very nice. It's interesting because they wouldn't let Poacher go unless I bought a ticket. All right. Yeah, mm. I remember that. So I always thought they were shit houses. But yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Like, I mean, our different attitudes to Jacko, for instance. Yeah, that's you know, what I mean. I recognise Jacko as a, probably a decent man. I I think he probably wasn't somebody that was overly invested in the club mascot. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I, I wasn't. I was the club mascot at the time, but I wasn't. I wasn't a great person at the time. Too Jacko's reign kind kind of coincided with me starting up here yeah. and, and down there. So, yeah, I, I can understand now he was a great person, but as a football manager, there was too much of trying to rely on being a nice bloke and yeah. not enough of you. And he had I, his favourites. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, again, another. I remember another incident when we actually playing Grimsby. That's what made me think of it. I was sat in the away dugout waiting for the game to start. There's a warm up. And I, I felt someone come and sit next to me and I thought, look, it was Jacko. And he sat there talking to me for 15, 20 minutes. But of course, we have this association where he lived in Gosforth in Newcastle. And we're talking about the price of properties near about a company I used to work up there. Um, the boss owned a house in Gosforth. And uh, we went, this is the 80s, we went, me and the other lad, engineer, we went and wired up his kitchen, he had his kitchen extended and uh, we just got paid overtime for it from work on a weekend uh, yet he paid an artist and this is in the 80s and I know this for a fact he paid him 15 grand 
continue this flower pattern on his wallpaper and his kitchen onto the ceiling. So he's basically just this pattern at 15 grand. I thought, Christ, that's the mate, are you a salary for me? Yeah. Wow. You know what I mean? And he paid me over to come and do all the wiring and all that, which took a couple of weekends. Just to clarify, in case you're confused, that's not Peter Jackson. That's no, that's not Peter. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we and he was and he was telling me stuff, and I'm thinking, Christ, should be should, should he be telling me stuff like that? And I thought, right, I better keep quiet about that. I can't remember what the details were, but I thought that sounds like something. And me being a bit paranoid, thinking, because I, I normally try to say to the managers that I, I have nothing to do with the press. I'm talking about having nothing to do with the press. Okay, so you, you don't have to worry about me spilling the beans on something if he says so I, I, I have nothing to do with them. Um, and I'm thinking, is he, is he testing me here or something? Like that? You see, Danny, that's Danny what he was like. like that. Yeah, Danny used to be like that with me. He'd, he'd ring up and he'd tell you all sorts of stuff. And you'd think, Jesus. And, and to a degree, even Michael, when I went to meet Michael, there was a couple of things that he told me where he'd either say, you know, oh, I prefer you didn't use this or um, I'll leave it to your discretion. And you know at that point that, you know, if you, you know you have to exercise caution. You know? yeah. it's, it's like them testing you because if that then comes out, you get bugger all at a later date. But you know, then there's always the worry that if they tell you something and it comes out some other way, the first thing you think is, they're going to think I said that. Yeah. That's, my, that's how I feel anyway, paranoia. So. Right, well, we'd better wrap up. We've run to uh, an hour and 17 minutes, so we've run over. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on, Bugs. And it's been a pleasure, mate. I'm looking forward to this spag bowl now. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. So we are, uh, we're going to have a bite to eat before uh, before we wrap up. So Can I just mention something for Ben? Yeah, of course can. Yeah, Ben, you know we're playing Charlton on Tuesday. Yes. I hope you realise there's an Avengers station there near Charlton, near the uh, the Dome. And we could have gone there, or at least I could have gone there and told you what it was like. But you haven't turned up the day, mate. He thought that putting rubbish in a bin was more important than speaking to you. Yeah, we could have talked about the Avengers. That's the level of commitment. Then we could have ganged up on him. He didn't do that for mm. when, I, when we had our other guests on. When we have Liam on, he doesn't do that. Does yeah, it? When he yeah. Has, that's, that's, that's the ranking, that's the importance ranking. But I care, Bob, so that's the point. Yeah, and I've got a picture of Ben cutting his ear at Milton Keynes to take the piss out of me. I've got a picture of Ben mm. from about 1999 where he's playing the trumpet and he looks like a little bit dropped off. So <laughs> that's quite funny as well. But anyway, there we go. I'm not talking about Ben um, anymore because he couldn't be asked to turn up for this one. So, and um, thank you everybody. I hope, the, I hope, the, I hope the door was shut when you took your stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I hope you've had to fly tip it, Ben. Yeah, and I hope your cat's lead breaks as well, <laughs> walking your bloody cat. Um, so thank you very much everybody for listening. Ben and I will be back where doubtless he'll try and get his own back on Thursday and I'm going to hopefully now we've covered the penalty he won't have to swear about it. Um, so there we go. So thank you for listening and goodbye. Up the imps. Thanks very much. Goodbye and I'll hopefully see you all soon. minute and all your mates around watching the imps on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share boxes on the go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping but then you steal the last nugget snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport Powered by fans.